All right, we're back this week. Podcast 75, so we're starting to chug along. I'm going to have a big party, I think, at 100, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. podcast all day long. <laughs> podcast party. 24-hour <laughs> podcast. So today uh, we're going to dive into, it's kind of a new trend, and, and Kate was talking about this earlier, and we'll, we'll see where this goes, but there's a, a big trend actually away from high-intensity exercise and you know, the pendulum kind of swings, you know, with trends and things to like low intensity, uh, you know, even with like tempo lifting, um, you're seeing a lot of people come out of uh, CrossFit doing a lot of walking, um, things like that. And and you had some thoughts on it, and, and I'm sure Dave and I do too. Um, but I'll let you kind of kick it off and, and just tell us like what you've seen. Um pros and cons to both and how we can maybe marry them, you know? Yeah. So I feel like the trend really stemmed from, um, what I saw, uh, you know, particularly in, in women with maybe under eating, um, and doing these high intensity workouts, um, or just under eating in general. And so I think it stems from more like, um, metabolism, um, I guess, damage and, uh, they would feel that. So this, I mean, is kind of going back again to like the show days, um, and their body isn't responding to workouts the same. It's not responding to their diet the same. So they're like, okay, I've got to change things up. I'm going to go get a blood panel done and their thyroid hormones are off. Um, their adrenals, um, are off. Their cortisol levels are heightened. So, you know, really common thing I hear is like adrenal fatigue. Um, when really, I think, I mean, they care about that. These, these people care about that, but I think it's more like, Hey, I'm gaining weight. (laughs) I don't feel good. How can I switch up everything I'm doing to kind of get back on track? And I think the real issue was, um, maybe not even so much in the workhouse, maybe that needed to be changed a little bit, but I think it was more like restricting food and being at a calorie deficit and working out really hard, whether that's CrossFit or bodybuilding or, you know, whatever cardio you're doing, it's just like prolonged calorie restriction causes all these other issues. So, um, you know, I've just kind of heard about it for years and I think it gained some popularity probably like in the beginning, like around three to five years ago. Um, and we're seeing a lot of like athletes and it doesn't have to be just women, but men, women, and, um, you know, anyone, I think women just tend to maybe restrict a little bit more their calories than men so much. Um, but you know, the blood work will show your thyroids, uh, thyroid is off, uh, for whatever reason, um, hormones are low and uh, your adrenals are off, but I'm not sure the workouts are to blame. I think it's just more um, prolonged calorie deficit. So I guess that would be my argument um, to not just do a whole 180 with your workouts. And then it seems that, you know, the this lower intensity um, work seems like it would be positive, but it's just another way for these people to be extreme. So I'll go on a walk. That's like a two and a half hour walk. Mm-hmm. And then I'll lift weights for like two hours. And so it's a lower intensity, but it's still very extreme and not healthy. So then, then I see these people like kind of stuck in this 
everything's off for years. And really the root of all this is everything they're doing is extreme and not very healthy. And I think you can do lower intensity exercise in a healthy way. I think you can do higher intensity exercise in a healthy way. Um, but I, I, I just think that like we're focusing maybe on one component that isn't necessarily this entire, um, entire picture. Yeah. I, I think that's, <clears throat> that's a lot you just threw out there, but I think, I think generally what you're saying is, is right on the money and, and a lot of it's dose dependent. So intensity, you know, we talk about that in CrossFit, that's the shortcut to results. So you work out hard and intensely, and that's why CrossFit works so well is you don't need to spend hours in the gym if you are executing well on, you know, the principles and, and what we're supposed to be doing. You're moving your whole body through full ranges of motion, and you're getting a lot of work done fast. It causes your body to want to adapt and change in a really favorable way. But what we have to do, I think, is, is really... And I think programming in general, and, and Dave and I have kind of chatted about this, you know, from from where we all kind of started in CrossFit and where it's where it's evolved to is um, it's gotten smarter in the way that it's not just a fire hose of of intensity every day. Yeah. And, you know, today's workout in our CrossFit class is a is a great example. We've got a it's a it's rowing, running sled dragging and farmers carry. And it's, it's an intentional way to actually pull down that intensity a little bit and just and slow you down. So you're not just burning white hot, you know, five, six days a week. And, uh, you know, intensity at that level, at a really high level over and over again, it becomes unsustainable at a certain point. So you have to back off of that intensity at a certain point and so I understand, like, I've ran myself into those issues where I'm just going hard every day, and then I might have to take months where I back off, I'm slowing down, doing some weightlifting, letting my body recover, letting my nervous system kind of calm down. And, and I think that can be a really good tool. But to just switch your whole philosophy on, like, this doesn't work and then this does work, I think is a, a little bit of a flawed way of thinking. Yeah. I think in general, like a lot of those old school, like the girl wads and like the benchmark ones, they're all like kind of two to seven minute workouts. And mm -hmm. that is hard. I mean, yeah. I think those, you know, in a, from a programming perspective should be introduced more as like tests, right? Yeah. It's a test of fitness. It's an event rather. They're not necessarily like your everyday training. Things, yes. Right. So yes. everyday training is a little bit more sustainable. It's lifting. It's doing some aerobic work. It's doing some EMOMs. You're introducing rest. You're doing not all this intensity packed into one because mm -hmm. it's just, it's generally a good rule of thumb is hard cardio is hard on the body. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard in your body. So introducing some rest in there, you know, doing some tempo work and not everything where it's so fast and hard all the time. Um, because generally too, you, the faster you go, the form is not really on your mind. I mean, it should yeah. be right. You, you, you should be able to do, I think we were, know, were we talking about this the other day. You were talking about like doing Fran, like, when you're going over to our coaches meeting, you know, you can certainly do it with crappy form and do it really, really fast, but mm -hmm. really is that anything to base a standard on of yeah. yourself? Right. So it should be, you know, done with 99% accuracy. If you can, the fastest way you can. Yeah. You know, it's retestable that way. Yeah. You can't retest, um, less than optimal form. So, yeah. and, and like I was saying like earlier before, 
I'd even been in a CrossFit gym, you know, I had done Fran and, and I don't think it was horrible or anything. I think I was generally getting my chin over the bar and, but I just remember racing it with like probably the thrusters, you know, the depth might not have been there or I'm flashing a lockout or something. And if you get a good time like that, good luck beating it anytime soon because, or when you get your form dialed in. Um, so really working on like maximizing like your mechanics before that intensity, I think that helps too, as far as like not blowing yourself out in, in CrossFit, you know, and in intense forms of, of exercise too fast. Yeah. Um, There's a reason why in that CrossFit methodology going back, it's the last component to happen is the intensity, yeah. right? You got to learn how to move well consistently, you have good technique and then intensity is the last portion there. Yeah. You know, if you, if you do that before the others, your CrossFit career probably yeah. not last long. You're going to be hurt. I think to, to Kate's point too, where I think some people, uh, myself included a little bit and you know, when you get into CrossFit, the nutrition becomes a big part of it and you may go and, and what they were advocating and they do much less now, you don't see or hear it pushed at all. It was, um, a paleo zone diet, which generally was pretty low in any sort of like starchy carbohydrates. And when you're doing really hard weightlifting, breaking down muscle, really intense cardio, um, with a real lack of, of carbs, real high protein fat sort of diet that creates like a big brain fog, kind of like adrenal fatigue sort of feeling. You know, I, I remember running into that and, and I remember this huge switch. I was just like, man, I am like dizzy. And this was early on. And it was kind of when we did that sectional, I was shredded, but I was just like, I, I'm like out on my feet after every workout. I just remember simply adding uh, sandwiches as my lunch with like bagels to it yeah. and feeling like a hundred percent better yeah. and then performing way better in the next competition I did at the regional or, or whatever it was, you know, yeah. coming up. I mean, if you're eating lean meats and like low starch, like carbs, things like that, like you just, you have no energy stores, right? No. I mean, it's, it would be probably good for like someone who, wasn't very active, right? You yes. know, or had a very low level activity, right? Just to limit the amount of calories and carbs they're getting in. But if you were an athlete that needs to fuel your body, you can have some fat or carbs in there. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just kind of something I think we've learned at this point. Yeah. Especially if you're really lean, because you just don't have any energy stores. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if you're a physique competitor, I mean, yeah, you can be low fat, but like most, if you were, if you rely on your performance as an athlete, I mean, you don't want to be probably below six or seven as a guy. Like you want to be probably closer to 10. You'll find athletes performing better at that, at that fat percentage than down by six, you know, you just, you run out of juice. A hundred percent. Yeah. Just sore. You have no padding, right? I mean, your just joints get sore and stuff. So. You see injuries pop up mm-hmm. and, and cramps. You'll see it in football players. A lot of those guys, I mean, they're shredded. They're really active, but I, I, I don't know. I was watching a football game and I mean, it was a receiver. Someone who's just like, they, they mentioned it. Like he, he was so lean and then, like his, le- you just saw his leg or something seize up on him, and uh, like he just didn't have, like he needed probably a, li- he needed to eat some a bacon. sandwich, yeah, some <laughs> bacon. <laughs> he, he, he needed a meal, you know. Like he, I mean, he was a phenomenal athlete, and you know, just completely peeled, ripped. But he looked like he needed to eat a touch more, and 
maybe have a little bit of fat. Generally, being pretty dang lean is 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 where most of us need to head yeah, towards that's that. A, it's you know, a very but, extreme, you know. I think point to get to 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 have that happen to be too lean. Ninety nine percent of us yeah. do not have that issue, but yeah. yeah. And I think you know, just something else I wanted to point out is like you know, any extreme. So that could be extreme in in endurance athletes um, might ha- start to have adrenal fatigue, just the wearing out their body over time. Um, and I actually got tested uh, when I worked at Lifetime because we were starting to sling a lot of supplements they wanted us to sell. And I had adrenal fatigue. And I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> I haven't slept a full night in I don't, years. And I drink two Venti Starbucks and take ephedra every day. Like, I mean, I'll take these supplements if they're free, but I don't know that we need to go out. I don't know that it's necessary to go out and put more things into your body. I think if you just naturally like learn to take your stress level down, learn to take your caffeine down, try to sleep more, it would all even out, you know, and, and for me, it was just eating a little bit more as well. Um, but I think, you know, what we don't look at now is just how much stress we have outside of our workouts. So what are you talking about? and I we put it all on ourselves. it's stupid I mean where you know just with social media and like trying to do too much or the comparison thing or whatever that is it's 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 not helpful and I don't know that um it's really like our workouts that are doing and I think it's just like mental stress and and um kind of leading your life in a way that's not really healthy for you mentally that's just a compounding effect of different parts. You know, the, the gym and the workout can be stressful. It's a good stress, but if you have too much stress on the outside too, and then you're doing more stressful things in the gym, it just kind of keeps adding up. Um, that's kind of, we've talked about before about doing longer workouts that are less stressful. Sometimes yeah. if you are feeling stressed out, sometimes a very high intensity workout can be the last thing you want because it just seems more stressful. Yeah. 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 I remember, Feeling like that with um, benchmark workouts, especially when you have scores and times to compare to, and you've got a lot of stress like outside of the gym um, going on, and then getting kind of nervous before a workout and yeah. like wanting yep. to execute in a certain way. And I'm like, I don't know if this is the best thing, or even having a really high end competitive goal i like i like to compete in things even like small like whether it's 5ks and different little like every year i'll usually compete in like like uh the open or the pump and run or some sort of little event but sometimes i'll find myself going event to event or thing to thing to have to kind of work towards and there's certain times where you need to not probably do that because the intensity of the workouts will be high and it's not going to actually serve you in life right then. Like always having a, a mountain to climb is, is not always helpful. I think, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and being able to just sit and be cool with like who you are and, you know, maintaining for a while can be a good thing and will serve you at certain times. I think doing that too long, you'll get complacent and you'll find your fitness and health starting to decline so it's always like you've always got to play that game nothing is static nothing ever stays the same over time you do low intensity exercise for too long 
it will stop working well and you are going to have to add, you know, some sprint intervals in there, some rowing sprints, uh, some hard CrossFit workouts to like get things going. You'll feel it. The second you do it, you're like, holy crap, my body's changing super fast from this new stimulus. Um, yeah, I think I think you have to find that there is there is a, a way you can marry the two, I think, you know, with a few. Int- and I try to do that with our CrossFit programming as much as I can. But what inevitably you find when you do only the CrossFit workouts every day is you're going to push them as fast as you can. So having a day where maybe you go on a walk, a long bike ride hit the barbell side, do some tempo weightlifting, uh, I think can really help people if you feel like you're starting to get fatigued, tired, and, and things aren't really working for you. Yeah. yeah. Or just even approaching class workouts. Like some days you feel the need to push hard or feel like you want to compete or be the first done or things like that. But just being okay with Sundays being like, I'm just going to focus. I know it's kind of one of those things that I'm just going to focus on my technique today, like, like kind of <laughs> sandbagging it. But there is a day where you can just feel, I'm just going to move well. I'm just going to move around. I'm going to go lighter weight. And I'm just going to use this time. that was a little bit, not recovery, but I'm just going to have this be a lower intensity and just be okay with, you know, coming in the middle of the pack or last, but I'm just going to take my time because that's kind of what my body's calling for. And that's okay too. And some days you can push it harder, but not always feeling that this is kind of the double-edged sword of CrossFit. It's a very motivating environment to be in, but sometimes it can be too much. So you're just constantly competing and and comparing yourself to others when you should just really be listening to your body and and use that motivation when you need it, but just be able to draw back and be okay. Sometimes with that feeling like you don't like, there's not a pressure to like always be the best you can be. You know, I think what what is challenging and, and I'm sure you ran into this when, when you were programming for your gym was, is I like off the clock workouts yeah, and planning those and everyone who shows up really enjoys them when they come in. Like on the minute sort of. Whether it's an EMOM yeah. or like a skill day where you're like holding positions, like you're going to hold a handstand hold or hold your chin over the bar. You're doing Turkish getups. When people come to those classes, they always enjoy them, and it's a very welcome change of pace. I think the challenge is people will see them and maybe not see, like, is that going to accelerate my strength on a back squat, or is that going to get me faster on a workout? And attendance might drop for that. Or there's movements that are tricky or uncomfortable, and they might not come. So I try and sprinkle them in, but... I'm leery of doing it maybe as much as I would actually like to. Um, and it's just something that I've, I've always got to play with, like how to dose that the right way, because I think more of those is actually probably a good thing. One thing I do do that is a very popular day is I'll have pizza day (laughs) (laughs) for the kids. There are workouts where they're, uh, they're kind of off the clock, but it's like a uh, strength sandwiched into a workout. So it's like every five minutes you're going to row, do ab mat sit-ups or toes to bar, and then you're going to build on a front squat <clears throat> off the deck, which is a limiting factor because it's limited by your power clean. So, you know, it's just, you know, three front squats, 
at the end of each round, you have five rounds that it's like a new round every five minutes. You probably have about two minutes to rest before the next minute and you build and you end up hitting a, a moderately heavy front squat, but the way it's set up, it governs, you know, about how hard you can go. You're, you're limited by a power clean and, uh, everyone loves those days and they work really effectively. But again, like I'm only so creative where I can only come up with so many ways to do that. Yeah. You know? It's when you're, when you're structuring something for a lot of people and you mm-hmm. have an idea of the stimulus you want, like it's a little backed off and it's a little limiting and you put some governors on stuff and you want some rest there. Like it gets really tricky. Like how do I organize this in a way yeah. to get the result for a lot of people that I want without pushing them too hard? So that it does, it does take a little bit of creativity and thought. Um, Sometimes what we experimented before years ago at our gym was doing some workouts where like, I wouldn't even run the clock. Yep. Whether it was rounds for time or like, it would be an AMRAP, but I'm like, it's, we're not going to score this. And because I really just want them to focus on quality. I'm like, you can move as fast as you safely can. Like, so intensity is not the focus. Really, it's about trying to move well and being very present in that. But it, I, I feel like people were without that kind of measurement or something running, they just didn't, like, they were like lost. Mm-hmm. which was like, I didn't want that either, but you like, it's like five rounds for quality, not five rounds for time. Or I would run the clock, but I'm like, I don't really care what your time is. Yeah, it, yeah, it just yeah, like, yeah. it was very, like, it was hard to get that concept because we're so used to being on the clock or so some kind of measurement all the time. But when you take that out of it, I just feel people didn't, they didn't know how to pace themselves or didn't know what to do. Some people went really fast. Some people like went too slow. There's no clock. I'm going to take my time. No, no, just like a medium pace here. Like it's just very hard to find that balance if you just take that out of the picture. So finding ways to, um, you know, be more like introduce some structure to it, but get the, get the effect that you want out of it just to, to limit the amount of stress you have on yourself. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I think that that way of like every four minutes or every five minutes, execute on this amount of work. You want to have about 90 seconds to rest before the next round. People kind of wrap their heads around it and that's worked really well um, for our gym. Yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Cause I, I, we used to do ones. I'm like, I put a 45 minute cap on it and it'd be like, you know, 20 minutes to 45 minutes. That's, that's a long, you know, that's a lot of wiggle room there. You want people to like, move with some sort of like, you know, they want to be kind of deliberate there. That's, it's challenging. Um, but I think getting back to your original point, you know, and I've seen a lot of it where, um, the epic, the epic walking, you know, the, the, the long walks or the four or five walks a day that add up to rucksack walks is the new one. Me and Dave are going to try that here soon. He's texting him last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do those a reasonable amount, not too much. I'm not yeah, looking yeah. like, but I mean, just, I, I feel like we, we walk like a good amount each day just because we're walking around the gym and I'll walk my dogs a few times a day. So I just naturally get a lot of time on my feet. But um, I mean, some days if I'm on the floor a lot, if I'm walking around, like I'll, I'll notice it by the end of the day. I'm like, I'm tired of being on my feet. My yeah. feet hurt. My legs yeah, yeah, hurt. Yeah, like yeah. I just kind of feel achy and it's just. Maybe when you're younger, like you just don't really think about it that much. But if you, you get older, like just, like, oh my God, I'm tired. Yep. Or uh, I know some people too, like, will, if they work a job, right? And this is a smart way to do this is like, um, if they have a job and they're on their feet a lot, they notice, like, if I do too much running in the gym or time my feet, like, I'm just really achy. So they might swap out a bike for the run some days yeah. because that's what their body needs. Like, they just know 
their limit of how much I can run. And that's just being smart about how much stress you put on yourself. Yeah. You're still getting work, but it's more low impact. So yeah. it kind of varies and per person. To that point, like if you sit all day, then you might want to try to spend more time on your feet when you're working out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But one point I just wanted to make too, before we kind of end this <clears throat> is that I think, um, you know, even that, that lower intensity, longer duration can get hard on your body. And that's, I mean, that's what I'm, feeling now after I think we've been in, uh, Lexi and I have been doing this like nine week weight training cycle and it has been great, but every day's it was around like 80 to 90 minutes. And both of us are just like so tired and we will do this training and then we'll, we'll, it's a lot of volume. Yeah. We'll probably do like a 15 or 20 minute, like lower intensity piece at the end. Sometimes we'll do a higher intensity, like 12 to 15 minutes, but that can beat your body up too. So I'm almost like I can feel my body like craving CrossFit again. And I think, you know, like we've said on here a lot, I know I've said it a lot, your body will talk to you. If you're just quiet, get out of your head, try to think like, okay, I feel off. I feel tired. What is it telling me I need? And, and, you know, it might mean just to like back off everything and kind of do your own thing for a month too. Um, but your body will talk to you. It'll kind of tell you, you need to kick in the ass whether you want it or not, or, or to back off a little bit, or like, you know, I think I have a surgery coming up. So that time is coming anyways. But after that, I just feel like I want to be a part of a big community again. And I do want to like work out with people and, and Hey, I want them to race me. I want them to, I want them to push me. I want to like chase them. And it's a lot of fun, but there'll come a time, you know, after three to four months of that, where I'm like, okay, I just want to, peace out and do my own thing, you know? And I think it's, you just have to listen to that and quit pushing through because then that's where dysfunction starts. And then your body, I mean, then you can mess everything up your, your blood work. Um, if you just don't listen, you know, you, you can mess up your body. Here's, I think here's one thing I'll, I'll piggyback on that and where I see it happen. And if you're listening and, and this is you, and, and I've ran into this a lot, if you compete in CrossFit, say the open, or right now we have a lot of our level two guys doing, uh, it's kind of like local comp season after the games. <sighs> this is the hardest thing to do. After you peak out for something, say it's the open or quarterfinals or semis or, or whatever it is, people want to try and make up for all their mistakes or mistraining in the following subsequent two to three weeks you will see them work out harder than they do all year after they just peaked for a competition or just did one followed by an epic crash where they barely work out for two months. So my, my best recommendation is after a really tough competition, it might be time for a week off totally of training complete week off, like just walk, be active, come to the gym, maybe do like some light stuff, take a, like a, a low pressure class rather than at that point, try to hammer the mistake or the overhead squat you missed or whatever it is trying to fix that mistake and then completely crashing and burning, which is something I've done before. And then it's really after the open, I'll watch a lot of people do. They'll like come out white hot and I'm like, guys slow down for the next couple weeks and they do the opposite. So if, if you're listening to this, that is the time to probably back off your intensity and then start chipping away at some skills and then build back the intensity towards another event or a thing. Do not try right after it to fix all your mistakes. 
I think uh, it was funny. I remember doing, I think it was after like one of the sectionals or something like that back in like 2010 at the Gahanna yep. place. Like the weekend after the Monday coming in, I did like Murph with a weight vest at the gym. <laughs> like again, because you're like, I, I I need to get into it. I need to grind. Like I like it wasn't good enough. Like yeah, I need yeah, more yeah. volume. Like when you said that, I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I remember Ralph. Um, like right now, I would never do that. Like I should have taken a few days off. Or I I just remember coming back in and doing. Like it wasn't even it wasn't even a class work. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just need to do something hard. Like, yeah. I'm a dumbass. My my old boss Ralph, he he did pretty good at the. Um, the sectional in 2010, but he was disappointed. He didn't make it through to a regional. And then he made, I remember he made a video and it was like a three day epic run of, he was doing like all these legless rope climbs, walking on his hands, just doing wild stuff. And then I think the guy probably took like two months off training yeah. <laughs> in general after he just, cr he basically put himself through another competition the yeah. day after, but it's, it's what you want to do. But it's like it's the opposite of what you should do. And if you, you're able to take that time off, really relax, chill out, you'll be motivated to get back after it. And it's it, I think it mind, body, spirit, everything kind of flows together. And if you're able to, like, keep all that stuff in a healthy spot, you're going to feel a lot better and train a lot better. And yeah, again, more, more isn't always better. Mm -mm. Listen, be intuitive. Listen to your body. If it needs a little break, give it a break. Less isn't always better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I hope, I hope, uh, you know, you guys listening can, can take a few, you know, I think everything, you know, that we're talking about is, you know, it's all shades of gray. So if you saw any of yourself in what we were talking about, try and take this and, and just really take it and think, how does this relate to me and what mistakes have I made in the past? And, where maybe I can pivot here a little bit and, and take little pieces of that, um, you know, back home with me and, and just adjust my training to optimize it and not, you know, constantly go through this roller coaster of, of burnout and resetting and restarting. But yeah. yeah. All right, guys, we'll catch you next week.